Next Sunday is the beginning of a new church year. It is the first Sunday of the season of Advent, a time of preparation for the birth of Jesus Christ at Christmas time. So I guess you could think of tonight as New Year's Eve. Just as our new year in church always begins at Advent, our old year always ends this way, with this feast of Christ the King. It's a powerful image, Christ the King. Some people find it even a little uncomfortable. We're meant to reckon with the idea of Jesus as Lord of all creation, ruler of heaven and earth, the kind of things we sing in hymns, but tend not to say out loud for ourselves. As Christians, we believe that God is the power over and above all earthly powers. We believe God in Christ will come again to redeem the world. Or as one Eucharistic prayer asks for God to put all things in subjection under your Christ. Tonight, we'll say together, Lord Jesus, come in glory. It is a mighty vision, and it's intimidating, and it's hopeful. Christ the King will come into his kingdom, and all things will be made right. And so our year ends with Christ the King, and a new year will begin with Christ the Infant lying in a manger. Our calendar puts these images of God side by side and asks us to reconcile them, to understand them as the same. One of our primary tools for that work of understanding, of encountering God, is scripture. In church, we hear scripture, pray scripture, sing scripture. Each year, our lectionary cycle, which is the way that we read the Bible together in church, each year, our lectionary cycle has different readings for this feast to help us understand the rule, the kingship of Christ. Perhaps we need some more clarity to bridge the contrast of these images, Christ the ruler, Christ the child. We've already heard from Jeremiah that a new branch shall spring from the tree of David, a new king shall rise and execute justice and righteousness. Next year on this night, we'll hear from the Gospel of Matthew, the 25th chapter, describing that when the Son of Man comes in all his glory and all the angels are with him, he'll sit on his throne of glory with all the nations arrayed before him. Christ the King. It's imagistic, I see it. So what do we have tonight? to help us understand Christ the King, the final judgment of this world. When they came to the place called the Skull, they crucified Jesus there with the criminals, one on his right and one on his left. King of kings and Lord of lords is a dying man nailed to the cross. This feast, our feast, asks us to hear this story and think, that is a king. This feast bumping up right against Advent dares us to see kingly power in the birth of a baby. And our faith asks us to hold those two images side by side, Jesus in the manger and Jesus on the cross, and see not only the same man, but a king. 
and our king rules through weakness. Coming as an infant, journeying to the cross, Jesus voluntarily lays his power aside. These moments of our story couldn't seem more different. The way God is getting our attention, however, is the same. From the cradle to the grave, Jesus Christ, our Lord, our King, stands in sheer and total vulnerability. And power is revealed to be love. Love poured out, love freely given for our salvation. More than freely given, God's love is purposefully given because God chooses us. God chooses the poor, the outcast, the lonely, and the sick. He chooses the criminal by his side to be with him in paradise. His retinue is made up not of soldiers or courtiers, but fishermen and tax collectors and sinners. In one of my favorite hymns, we sing, love to the loveless shown that they might lovely be. Christ chooses us for his kingdom. It is not Jesus who is a surprising king, but us, it's us, we get confused. We mistake power over others for real authority. We mistake power that can destroy and exploit as the final word. Power over money, power over violence. That is how our nations and governments and corporations rule. And theirs is ultimately a kingdom of death. But Jesus is the Lord of life, whose reign brings redemption, whose only criteria for his subjects is compassion. Christ the King from his throne of glory, be it a throne surrounded by angels or a throne of wood and nails with a fellow criminal to his right and one to his left, Christ the King commands us to have compassion. Christ the King shows us compassion. We hear just one more vision of Christ's rule on this feast day, and it is a vision that we pray together every Sunday, and it is the Lord's Prayer. Christine will sing, as our Savior Christ has taught us, we now pray, Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread. Our king is the one who feeds us. Our king is compassionate to us. If it still feels too hard to say that Christ is king, that Jesus is the king not just of our hearts, but of our lives, of this world, we can at least say that what we do in the world is by God's grace, God our creator, redeemer, and sustainer. This feast is asking us to acknowledge that we set up a lot of thrones in this life. We have many different kinds of rulers, and all too often, almost exclusively, the people who reign over us do not do it with compassion. And it does not seem that compassion vulnerability, love poured out, could ever be enough to stop them. But it has been, and it is, and it will be again. 
That is the resurrection. That is our faith. That is our hope. So to proclaim that Christ is king is almost to challenge our imagination. We have to imagine more, that we have more to give and that there's actually more to be had. We do not live in the world of scarcity that we fear, but individually and systemically, we have to choose each other. We have to choose people over prophets. We have to choose human dignity over social and political expediency. We can't look away from the world and its needs. We have to choose compassion. Christ is king, and his throne is a bed of straw, and his robes are swaddling clothes. Christ is king, and his throne is a cross, and his crown is made of thorns. Power is meant to build up, not to destroy. And death is not the end, and it is our compassion, our desire to love others as we are loved, that can and will save the world. We have to stay in touch with our hope, because hope will lead us to new vision. Christ will come again in glory. I know we wait with longing for God, and it will transform us on that great day. But I also pray that we can be transformed in this day by Christ that we meet in others. When God says, the least of these, what you did for the least of these, the hungry, the homeless, the imprisoned, the little children, he's not making a metaphor. That is where God has chosen to dwell. And he now asks us to choose him.